0: Have you ever provided a solution to a real practical need in your community and had those conversations open new opportunities for unexpected new friendships? These new friendships then provide opportunity for gospel conversations with families. My guest is joining me to tell her exciting story. Welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, where the conversation is about fresh ministry ideas and innovative approaches. I'm Dennis Sweeney, your host, Senior Impact Catalyst at Sat7USA. Our episode sponsor is Sat7USA. Sixty percent of Americans do not have a will. Another 30 percent have an outdated will. So only about 10 percent of people have an up-to-date estate plan. Sat7USA can help. Just visit SAT7USA, that's SAT7USA.org, number 7, USA.org, and check the tab, Plan Giving. Learn how you can have a will and trust prepared at no cost to you. Plan Gifts provide tax-wise opportunities to protect your family while reaching more people with the gospel now and in the future. Please don't default to the probate tax. My unconventional ministry podcast guest is Lisa Prigine, a member of a local church, and she noticed a need in her community. Lisa made herself available, was willing, and was present in the moment to make a difference for some refugees. Welcome, Lisa.
1: Thank you, Dennis. Yeah, so I'll start by just sharing um, how I got involved, um, you know, just serving and Being a friend to, um, specifically, it's Afghan refugees in my context. It was actually during the pandemic. So in 2020, our church was just brainstorming ways to meet. We just wanted to be able to serve um, people in um, hands-on ways and very practical ways. You know, at that time when people were losing jobs or getting laid off or struggling just to buy groceries. And so we just thought a really simple way would be a food drive. So just making food packages for people. And there's an apartment complex we already had an established relationship with that we had done just different outreaches at, you know, picnics, uh, things like that. And what we did, we decided on rice, beans, and oil because those are staple items in a lot of contexts. That apartment complex we chose, it has a lot of, Nepali, Indian, um, Hispanic background, and then also like the Middle East. So we thought, okay, they all are going to use cooking oil. They all use rice, beans. These are like basic things that won't, they are non-perishable and that they'll always use. And so we just did that. And our church really came behind it because it was something tangible they could help with. And the outpouring was incredible. I mean, we ended up collecting so much food and... So we canvassed that apartment. Um, We went, we asked permission first from the apartment complex, and then we made flyers in um, Spanish, Nepali, and uh, I forget the other language, but I mean, it was in English too, but in different, you know, so they could read it. We canvassed the apartment, you know, knocked door to door and just let them know about it. And then, so they already knew we were coming. And then we set up that day in the parking lot and, uh, You know, just we didn't know who would show up, but it turned out these Afghan women came and one of them we really connected with. And then from her, we met, you know, she brought all these Afghan women. So that's how it started. You know, we did that food drive, not knowing who would come. But then God just really opened the door with friendship with those women. And then through that came to find out there was a need for um, English help because a lot of those women, you know, as refugees, yeah, they come over and just just knowing the language, you know, just for basic.
0: I think one thing interesting in your story, you, were, you made yourself available and you put yourself in a situation to meet a need. And, of course, you had the help of your local church, and that really stands out to me. And then the opportunity was there, and you were ready to walk into this great opportunity. Uh, so as you think about those early days, because this started a couple years ago, Giving food uh, is a good way to start a conversation. But what were some other ways that you were able to start conversations with these different uh, people living in this apartment complex?
1: Well, quite honestly, I mean, we didn't, we weren't sure who was going to show up, but our intent was really in our minds, especially in 2020, like thinking back about how sort of, I mean, it really was unprecedented new waters like we were all experiencing that for the first time and we w- were really there just to present hope and say you know we're here we're a local church you know saying you know god loves you and there's hope in christ and we had put gospel tracks like really short kind of gospel john tracks in the food packages you know as a way to kind of start conversation but the women that came it was just really obvious they were so isolated and really craving friendship. And so we just started talking to these women about, okay, how are you guys doing? You know, um, what's going on in your life? Is there anything that y'all need help with? You know, and and really it was just that one woman, we built a friendship and then through her, got to know these other women and just what they needed as, as women, but also refugees, you know, just real, you know, and in the overwhelming thing was just friendship. You know, people were so isolated during um, the pandemic in 2020, and it was really just kind of showing up and trying to build friendship.
0: Did they wow. speak, most of them, did they speak English or were you going through Google Translator? How did you communicate and have conversation with these women?
1: So it was a spectrum. So that was just it. Like they all needed help with English to learn it better. Um, but it depended. Some of them had had school in Afghanistan before they came over, so the conversationally they could communicate, but reading and writing was non existent. So, you know, for example, a lot of them, you know, they can have a basic conversation, but they can't read and write, so it's hard for them to get a job. You know, they need help getting their driver's license, passing the driver's test, so, you know, uh, going to the grocery store, like, um, getting a ride you know a lot of them they don't have their licenses until their english is good enough they can take the test so those were all kind of practical needs but it just depended but overwhelmingly you know the women their english is a lot uh a lot less fluent than their spouse will be because the men are educated and so the men will be fluent in english
0: yeah so as we think back, this has been happening now for two years. Mm-hmm. For somebody listening to this podcast, what would be your encouragement to them in their own communities? Because there's people in need, there's refugees, there's immigration, speakers mm-hmm. of other languages in most of our communities. What have you learned and what encouragement, uh, would, what advice would you have for people listening?
1: Yeah, looking back on that, you know, that food drive we did, I think the real encouragement I would give thinking back about that experience is to really I mean be willing to just take risks. You know, we didn't know. We didn't know what would happen to be quite honest. You know, we planned that. It was an idea, you know, and we were just God gave us that seed of an idea. That, look, this is a tangible need. Everybody needs food and to just show up and see what happens. But we didn't know what would happen. You know, no one could have shown up. You know, we didn't know. But to just to not be afraid of, I, th- I think, failure, you know, being willing to risk that, but then really just saying, you know, we don't we don't know what's going to happen, but we're trusting that God is in this and, and he's going to bring the, you know, he's going to show up and he's going to do what he's going to do. And so to, to just get over the fear of, I would say, even looking silly, like to just sort of be willing to put yourself in really uncomfortable, uncomfortable, awkward situations. I mean, because um, at the food drive, you know, we just just talking to anybody that came up and just seeing what happened, and and just just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading, really, in in those moments, um, and to just get out of your comfort zone. I would say,
0: right. Uh, Mm-hmm. And and by overcoming your fear, you yeah. met one of the greatest needs of a re- refugee family, and that's a friendship and conversations.
1: Exactly, yeah. So many of them, they just feel so isolated, even within their own community, right? Because especially with the women, they crave genuine friendship, someone they can trust. Because even within their own cultural context, there's just a lot of, you know, it's honor-shame culture, so there's right. it's a lack of real genuine friendship someone they can trust and open up to without the fear of being judged or condemned but mm-hmm. but a friend that's going to listen and not judge them and just genuinely love them as they are
0: if somebody listening wanted to learn more about what your church has experienced and learned and modeled over the last two years how could somebody get more information from your church
1: um, they can visit my church's website at grace Rva. Dot com. Um, and they can directly send an email to our pastor or any of the elders. And then I also have a contact at Send Relief. Um, I have a contact with Send Relief. You can email them directly on their website, I think, which is SendRelief.org. But um, they're really experienced with helping to mobilize churches. Um, seeking to reach out to refugees in their own community.
0: Well, Lisa, I appreciate you coming on the Unconventional Ministry Podcast because you've really shown us the power of overcoming your fears and meeting the needs of somebody else. And that was their biggest need was somebody to just come and talk to them and be a friend of theirs. So I appreciate this, and this has really encouraged me, and I hope everybody listening will look uh, beyond their fears and the misperceptions that are out there And reach out to a refugee or somebody that's immigrated. Somebody needs a friend. And maybe you can be that friend. So, Lisa, thank you for coming on the Unconventional Ministry Podcast.
1: Thanks, Dennis.
0: In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7 as a broadcast media ministry is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org number to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast.